Thank you so much for joining us online today at Christ Covenant Church. We hope you sense God's presence and are encouraged by the message. Now, here's Pastor Ryan Weems. If you've got a copy of the scriptures, turn with me to Daniel chapter 6. We've made it to Daniel chapter 6. And for those that are new or maybe you missed a message or two, each week we've gone through the book of Daniel. And in week one, uh, if you miss week one, you, you need to check it out. It's on YouTube, on demand. It's on wherever you get podcasts. But in week one, we talked about names, gender, and identity. And you just need to know, it wasn't PC, politi- uh, polit- easy for me to say, politically correct. It wasn't PC, it, it, it was BC, Bible correct, okay? And so I'm here to, to not preach what culture says. The world says I'm here to preach the Bible. Amen, somebody? Can I get a better, better amen from somebody? Um, so it wasn't PC, but it was BC. So check that out. Very important message. Uh, week number two, all about the fiery furnace. And, and we've had some great services this year of 2022. Uh, but a couple of weeks ago, week two was probably my favorite service. Uh, altars were packed in both services. People coming on down saying, hey, I'm going through the fire, but I'm believing God. I mean, it was Holy Spirit moving up in here. Y'all can tell already, even if you're new, like I'm a Holy Spirit person. That's my background. Believe God still moves today. And it was just awesome. And then week three last week, I preached through the writing on the wall story. That's the one with the floating hand. And yeah, God writes on walls, but he still speaks to hearts. And our God is still speaking today. And then this week, week number four, we've got another great story, probably the most famous Old Testament story um, in all the different books. So Daniel chapter six, verse three. If you remember from last week, uh, we talked about the party king. This was King Belshazzar. Uh, He was that frat frat boy, uh, loved his keg stands, like that's just who this king was, and he, he, he loved to party, and at the end of chapter five, his kingdom came to an end, and so here in chapter six, it's a new king, uh, new kingdom uh, that Daniel is working for, so new chapter, new management, new king for Daniel. Daniel chapter six, verse three, words will be on the screen behind me and also lower thirds online. Daniel six, verse three, here's what it says. Now, Daniel so distinguished himself among the administrators and the satraps by his exceptional qualities that the king planned to set him over the whole kingdom. If you've been tracking with us in this series, every time that Daniel has a new king, he has favor and influence, new kingdom, same outcome. And because he keeps getting promoted, all the haters come out, All the people that he's getting promoted before, they don't like it. And we're going to find out what happens. Verse 4, at this, the administrators and the satraps tried to find grounds for charges against Daniel and his conduct of government affairs. But they were unable to do so. They could find no corruption in him. Don't you wish that was still true of our politicians today at large? (laughs) They could find no corruption in him because he was trustworthy neither corrupt nor negligent. Finally, these men said, we will never find any basis for charges against him, this man Daniel, unless it has something to do with the law of his God. So these administrators and satraps went as a group to the king and they said, may King Darius, that's the new king, may King Darius live forever. They are sucking up. I'm sure you've caught that. And they are scheming, trying to take Daniel out. Verse seven. 
the royal administrators, prefects, this is all the government officials, they have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god or human being during the next 30 days, except to you, your majesty, shall be thrown into the lion's den. I know I'm giving you a lot of commentary, but it's important. Uh, this passage and this story seems so foreign to us, right? But I just want you to know, and I'm not predicting this, I'm not prophesying it. I just think logically, if we keep going the way that we're going here in, the, in America, in our world, I, couldn't, I could see this not being too far removed from us. That if you're gonna worship the one true God, we don't agree with all the standards there and there's gonna be some consequences. So I know it sounds far-fetched, but we could get there. Verse eight, now your majesty issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with, with the law of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius put the decree in writing. Verse 10, now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. That's his home city. And three times a day, he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. Just as he had done before. Let's stop there for now, but like normal with our flow every week, keep your Bible open if you got it open and close your eyes with me. Lord, thank you for your word. Your word is powerful. Your word uh, does not return void. It never changes. It is steady throughout culture shifts and world changes. And I pray God that not only will we read the Bible, but we invite the Bible to read us. We want to apply it to our lives, not because it necessarily makes us comfortable, um, but God, we pray for your sweet conviction to take place. And in any area of our lives where we need to grow or we need to change, we say, yes, God. We don't ask your word to change. We ask you to change us. So may you move in power and may you speak exactly what every person needs to hear, God. May you help us to listen to your voice. And God, also, we pray and we give you glory and honor. I don't know if you care, but we care, God. And we thank you for our Astros up 3-0, baby. God, thank you for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I say this every time because I always got to give a caveat. I don't know if God cares about sports, but I care and he cares about what I care about, okay? And so 3-0, uh, we got to win one game in the next four, but how many of y'all know, let's just finish it today, right? And uh, I'll be watching just like you'll, you'll be watching. Uh, so good. You know, um, as a parent, I was thinking about this. As a parent in every season, got a lot of parents in this church, a lot of grandparents as well. But as a parent in every season, uh, one of our goals, of course, is to be a positive role model for our kids, right? We don't agree about everything, but we agree on that. We want to be a positive influence for our children. And there's obviously a lot of negative out of there. Like, you don't have to look hard for the negative. And so we want to be that positive influence to, to help them go towards the right things. And, and obviously with the big things, but even down to the simple things, even down to the small daily things. And for my family and I, uh, my wife and I, we got three young kids. A lot of you know that. And one small daily thing we're working hard on, especially with our two-year-old. Some of y'all got a two-year-old. Y'all pray for us. We love our two-year-old, but it can be a struggle. And, uh, and we, we, really, we really do, but it is really a struggle. And so one thing we're working on is uh, mealtime with her. And she would eat everything, but all of a sudden she has, she has she reverted back. 
and uh, and it can be a struggle, and not even just with her, but even our other other children, and and, and we just ref- refuse, my wife and I. We know it's a little thing, but we think little things matter, and we just refuse to let her win. Parents, that's good parenting right there. Um, you don't have to amen me, but that's good parenting. Uh, she ain't the boss. She act like it sometimes, but she ain't the boss. And, and, and we're just really trying to help her experience, like, like there's a whole new world of food out there that she didn't even know about. Like chicken nuggets are great, pizza's great. I like both those things, but there are far better things. Can I get an amen from somebody? <laughs> and so we're trying to uh, put our foot down and try it. And it's just interesting because like you do some crazy stuff as parents, like to get your kids to do normal things. Like it's like some crazy stuff. Like if anybody had a video, like like their phone, like video on you, like you look crazy. Like like anybody done the, the choo-choo train thing with food, right? Who, who thought that was normal? But it does work sometimes, you know, like choo-choo, it's coming down the track. Like that's weird, but we'll do it. And uh, not only that, but um, one thing that you maybe tried before, if you got kids that are young or you can remember back, maybe your grandkids are young, but, but we've done the thing where you're like overly excited about everything. Like, like looking like you need to go to the crazy house, right? Like, ooh, yummy in your tummy. It's like, that's weird. <laughs> that's weird. But, but it's hard to reason with the two-year-olds. He'll do some weird stuff, some crazy stuff. And, and uh, Isabel knows this, but we even made up like songs and dances. Like, like you'll, you'll do everything. And again, what we're trying to do is we're trying to get them like just daily small things to learn. Hey, there are better habits. There are better things. Like, like it's not going to be good for you if all you eat is chicken nuggets and pizza the rest of your life. And so you've got to develop some of these habits. Now, now maybe my mom and dad were in first service and I wouldn't even make eye contact with them during this part. But maybe I'm reaping what I sowed when I was a kid because I was a very picky eater. Uh, my taste buds have expanded, praise God. Uh, so that's good. But, but when I was little, like if it wasn't made by Hostess or Little Debbie, I was out, y'all. And uh, so maybe I'm reaping a little bit of that. But, but still, we're, we're working hard, even at a small thing, because we think it will add up. And here's why I say all of this. Uh, as a parent, you want to influence your children in the right way to do the right things, small things, big things. And here's what we believe. We believe that over time, and with consistency, it will make a difference. Right, parents? Well, you believe that. Like, they may not get it right away, but you got about 18 years. Some of you are like, we've had a little bit more than 18 years. But you got about 18 years of direct influence. Obviously, you can still influence when they're out of your house and beyond that, but it's still different. And so you got about 18 years that you're like, hey, if I'm consistent, if I'm faithful, being that positive influence over time, it will make big difference and this is exactly in the spot that Daniel's at here in Daniel 6 I shared this last week but but he's somewhere in his 80s or early 90s so he ain't a young man anymore it's not his first rodeo he's been through some stuff but in every season of his life in every decade of his life he was found faithful he was consistent as we read earlier at all times in every season he was distinguished you remember reading that not only was he distinguished he had exceptional qualities and these were never more obvious than when the pressure was turned up you see I've learned that in life number one if you're taking notes write this down in life 
crisis reveals character. It reveals it. Now, there's this idea out there, and it's completely wrong, that crisis creates character. And I know they all start with C, but that's not true. Now, can you grow? Of course you can. But at the front end of that crisis, what's coming out of you is not new. It was already there. And so crisis reveals the character that's really, truly there. And so here's Daniel. The heat is turned up again in his life, and he keeps acting with integrity, just like he did before. You know, I, I think I like this most about Daniel, that, that when good things happened, when bad things happened, Daniel was the same dude. Like, like, like you got the same guy. What was on social media, what was happening in the background, like you saw it all. When uh, You saw the same person. When Daniel was being promoted, character. When he worked, for a whole lot of bad bosses. Some of you are like, I've been there, pastor. I'm there right now. When he worked for a whole lot of bad bosses, he served them with integrity for decades. He was never number one, yet he was the best employee, the best worker. No one was more reliable. No one was more consistent. You see, Daniel understood that, yeah, talent may take you to the top, but it's only character that will keep you there. So he was all the time. And so I'm just telling you that when you go through a crisis, it shows the world. Let's make this more personal. It shows your world who you really are. What's coming out of you when you're going through something? How are you talking? How are you speaking? Where's your faith at? How are you living when the heat is turned up in your life? And I think, honestly, I think that this is a missing value amongst Christians especially here in America, that we would be reliable, we would have character and integrity, especially when we're going through something. That we would get back to how Daniel was, that even when the pressure's on, we can be counted on, no matter what we're going through. And I never thought I'd have to preach about this, but we have swung so far away from God here in America and we're so comfortable and so cushy on things and we gotta get back to some of those basic things, but, but we need to be again. And in fact, I'm calling you and myself to this, but people of God, we need more men and women of God who can be counted on. More men and women of God who keep their word. Like we need to keep our word, even if it hurts a little bit because we said something before we should have said it, but that we would keep our word. Now, I'm not perfect, y'all know this, and it's not my connection card off, but we're not perfect. Um, I'm not perfect. Isabel, my wife's not perfect, but we work really hard at this. That when we would say something, we're gonna do what we say. In fact, my, my kids, our kids, like, like, like it's kind of dangerous with young kids because if, if you said something, they, they gonna remember it. That they'll forget to clean their room, but they'll remember what you said six months ago, right? That's really, yep. Yeah. And, but that's a good thing, right? That, they, that they're like, hey, I, I see mom and dad as, as, like, I see them as, hey, if they say something, they're going to they're do it. And that's what we need to get back to. That if you say something, you don't have to say, I promise in front of it. If you say it, you're going to do it. I'll say it to you this way. If you say you're going to show up, show up. I know that sounds crazy in our culture. Because we'll, we'll, we'll sign up for something, we're going to be somewhere, but if something better comes along, we're like, ooh, I like that new shiny thing, and we're going to do that. Not even apologizing, nothing, just going to move to something else. Like when you say you're gonna show up, show up. 
When, when you say that you're going to get involved and serve, you serve faithfully. Like, 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 let's be men and women of God who keep our word, that have character and integrity. People who follow through when they commit to something. I'll say it to you this way. We need to get back to not being so wishy-washy. That, hey, if we're going to be committed, then let's be committed. That if we're going to say we're going to stand for something, let's actually stand for something. This is so important. So again, Daniel has character and integrity so much so that his haters, his enemies that are jealous of all his promotions, like what's this foreigner doing, this refugee, this POW? How is he getting promoted above me? They all come out and they try to dig up dirt, but they can't find anything. That's character. Not just what you say, how you live when you think no one's watching. Now, God's always watching, but when we think no one else is watching or it's not gonna go on reels on Facebook or whatever, you know, like, like who are you really behind the scenes? I can't find anything on Daniel. His behind the scenes matched his highlight reel. And I wonder today, rhetorical question, could the same be said of us? That what we project on social media or what we project to others in the office or in the company that we own, that it actually matches how we're living our life. So as we read again, these haters come out and, uh, and they, they stroke the king's ego. They're like, oh, you're awesome, King Darius. King Darius, you're amazing. And they say all of this and they come up with a scheme that, hey, we're gonna trick the king to put down this law that's really targeting one guy. And what do they say? They're like, hey, we're all here, king, and we all agree that you should put down this law that no one can pray to God or anybody else but you. Well, who did they forget to ask on purpose? Daniel. <laughs> but like, hey, we're all in agreement on this. No, they're not. And they stroke his ego, make him feel good, puff him up, and it works, right? And he puts down this law. 30 days, nobody can pray to anybody but to him. And yet when Daniel hears about this, what did we read? He is unfazed, unchanged. He prays anyways. And I love the last phrase that we read. We're gonna read more scripture. But the last phrase that we read, just as he had done before. That is so good. Like he didn't have a death wish. Some of you are like, what, what, why would he do that? He knows what's coming. He always did it. It wasn't new for him. And remember, crisis reveals character. It doesn't create it. So Daniel is just doing what he's always done. Praying to God, trusting God, living for God for decades. He's not doing anything new. He hasn't made the mistake that way too many people make in 2022, waiting for all hell to break loose, and then I'll go after God. So many of my meetings are that. Hey, my marriage is falling apart. My kids, they really are demon-possessed pastor. Call the exorcist. Like, we need some help. Uh, we're about to file bankruptcy. So many, the majority of my meetings are that. And again, if you're in that situation, please come to me. I'm not trying to guilt anybody. I'm just telling you there's a far better way. Don't wait till all hell is breaking loose to go after God. Why not go after God every single day? Why not start now? Think about it with a vehicle. It is way better to get your car worked on before the wheels start falling off. And I know from personal experience, <laughs> but it is way better. It is way better. And so he had this habit, just that he had always done, to go after God 
consistently. I'm not going to wait till things start breaking in my life to go after God. Every single day, I'm going to have a pattern, a custom. I'm going to trust him. I'm going to pray to him. I'm going to live for him. And it made all the difference. Now let's pick back up. We're in verse 16 now. I'm going to read a lot of scripture. Why? Because the Bible is so good, it can preach itself. Daniel 6, verse 16. Here's what it says. Let's keep going. So the king gave that order. And they brought Daniel, because he was found guilty, and they threw him into the lion's den. Hit pause for a second. Those that grew up in church like myself, this is hard for you to picture like in real life. Because remember flannel boards? Anybody remember flannel boards back in the day? Nobody? Okay, just me. Okay, a few of you. You don't have to be scared to raise your hand. I'm not gonna make you say anything, you know, just like, help me out. But like flannel boards, like somehow, and it wouldn't be dark magic. It must have been something of God because it was in Sunday school, but somehow it would stick on there, you know, just static electricity, whatever. And uh, so flannel boards, and, and we had the cartoon version of Daniel, and the lions didn't look like lions. They looked like little kitty cats, right? Like, like we had that image in our, in, our, in our mind, especially if you grew up in church. But here's what you got to realize. And you may know this, but I need you to know it like deep. This really happened. Like literally really happened. This was a thing. In fact, and not just like Bible-based people, but archaeologists in general, they have found these lion's dens all throughout that area. And you study it, and I've talked about this before actually, but you study it, and it was actually a status symbol for kings to have lion's dens. Like, like it was bragging rights. See, I know nowadays people brag about their vacation, their boats, you know, their big, huge truck, you know? Like, like that's what people brag about like here in, in, in Houston. Well, back then with Kings, it was like, hey, you got, you got 12 lions? I got 15 lions. That's like what they would do. It, it was a status symbol. It's a very normal thing. So you've got to remember, this is not just some cool story. Like it really happened. So he is thrown into an actual lion's den. And the king said to Daniel... May your God, whom you serve continually, rescue you. A stone was brought and placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own ring. That was a very common thing. And with the rings of his nobles, so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. Then the king returned to his palace and spent the night without eating and without entertainment being brought to him. And he could not sleep. So the king is really, really upset sick to his stomach because he doesn't want to lose his best man. He, he don't want to lose him. Verse 19, at the first light of dawn, if I had time, I'd preach on that. That is so good. At the first light of dawn, the king got up, hurried to the lion's den. And when he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice. You can just imagine like his voice breaking like a teenager. Daniel, servant of the living God, are you there? Like he is so nervous. That was a horrible, I'm sorry. I'm not a teenager anymore, okay? <laughs> Daniel, servant of the living God, as your God, whom you serve continually, been able to rescue you from the lions. And Daniel answered, ooh, that's so good. Daniel answered, may the king live forever. So he's still being respectful. May the king live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the mouths of the lions. I preached on this so many times. I've read this so many times. I still get chills when I read that. It's so good. My God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. They have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. So amazing, all-time great story. All right, here's the last point. 
And I hope it encourages you like it has me. We see in Daniel's life, we'll spend a little bit of time on this. We see in Daniel's life, number two, that what the devil meant for evil, God can use for good. And here's, here's what I know about this point. I've been in church a long time. This point, we can clap a little bit and we can amen, but I've learned this even in my own life that it is way easy, this point number two, it is way easier to believe that for someone else than it is to believe for myself. Can we be honest about that, real about that? I can believe God for your miracle, why? Because it, it's not my miracle. I'm not in it, I'm not living it out. It is so easy to cheer it and believe it for somebody else, but when you're in it, when you're in the lion's den, some of you feel like that. Like I'm in the den, pastor. I'm in that pit. When you're in the pit, when you're in the lion's den, it's a lot harder to believe that. But I'm hoping and I'm praying that God would encourage your hearts that this point is not just for your neighbor, it's for you. This isn't just true for somebody else who knows more than you, who's been in church longer than you. This is true for you. That what the devil meant to uh, kill you, to harm you, God can actually use for good. So here's Daniel, he's in the pit, his enemies, they are throwing a party, they're celebrating, they're like, it worked. <laughs> the king figured it out, but he figured it out too late. And Daniel's dead. You can almost imagine them fighting over, hey, who's gonna get his job, right? Who's gonna get the promotion? Like they're celebrating. The king is upset because again, he don't wanna lose his best man. And there's Daniel in that pit. And I don't know what it was like there, but I can only imagine him having actually the best night rest like ever. Like he was staying at the Red Lion Inn, y'all, snuggling Asland. Like, like I, don't, I don't know, I don't know if this happened, but if it was me, I'd be like riding on one of those lions, you know, just be having a good time, have my own circus up in there. Like he's, he's there and, and God miraculously saves him and God does a great work. And not only does Daniel survive, if you kept reading, and a lot of you know this, but if you kept reading, the same enemies that thought they won, the king turns around and he throws them in that same lion's pit. And the Bible says this, I love the details of the Bible, that before their feet even hit the ground, they're killed. Because some people are like, well, those lions weren't hungry that day. You know, they just already ate, you know. Same lion, same pit, before they even hit the ground. It's a supernatural move of God. What the devil meant for evil, God can use for good. And I just came here to declare today, personally, this is for you, that what the enemy meant to harm you, God can turn it around for good. That we serve a God still today who can shut the mouths of lions. We serve a God today that can promote the outcast. We serve a God who can quench the fiery furnace. We serve a God, y'all hearing me church? Who can write on walls and speak to hearts. We serve a God who blesses consistency in faith. And this story, Daniel's story, it's not just one story. There are so many people in this service that God has done a similar thing in your life. That when the devil put a target on your back, trying to take you out. God swooped in sometimes in the midnight hour and he turned it around for good. There's people in this service today that you are struggling with addiction, 
Like, I, I got to do better at this. I've been talking about this recently, and we are going to do better. But I got to do better as your pastor of getting these stories out there to you. Because there's so many miracles that are, we are, God is doing something and you got to know. In fact, we're going to be doing a video testimony soon and it'll take time to put it together. But we're going to do better at that. But there's so many stories, even this service, that you were addicted to drugs, hard drugs, alcohol for years. In fact, you were so addicted that, that most people would end up dead or in jail. And yet God came through and God healed you. And not only did he set you, I ain't talking about somebody else. I'm talking about people in this church that God has set you free. And now it's turned around so much that you're helping other people get free in Jesus name. I hope Daniel's story inspires you, but there are stories in this house. You're not too far gone. We got married couples, couldn't conceive, went through miscarriages. It's devastating. Far too many married couples have been through that. No one talks about it. My wife and I went through that once and it is so difficult. And we got married couples here, you couldn't conceive. You tried, you tried, you sought doctors and you prayed and, and God came through and, and those miracle babies born healthy. Now they're actually in our fun forest, our preschool now learning about God. We got, we, we got married couples in this house. I ain't talking about some other church. I'm not talking about some Bible story. I'm talking about here and now. There are married couples here in this church that you couldn't conceive. And God said, hey, I'm actually gonna write a different story for you. I'm gonna choose you to adopt. There's some precious children in his sight that were, just had horrible things happen to them. And they needed to be raised up in a godly home and rescued and taught how Jesus loves them. He's got a plan for their life. And so you adopted. And those kids, the world can say they're adopted, but they're just like your biological children because God has grafted your hearts together. I'm telling you, God still works today. And what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn around for It's who he is. We got people, far too many people that I can even count. Like, it's just amazing. So many people in this house that you were diagnosed with cancer. And other people would have no hope, but you had hope because you know who you serve. And you know that you serve Jesus, the one whose name is greater than even cancer. Y'all hear me, church? Like, like he's greater. And yeah, it was a struggle. And yeah, it was a battle. And yeah, you did the natural things, but you believe God for the supernatural. And you came out the other side and you rang that bell, baby. And you celebrated and you gave God the victory. Don't think God has stopped. Don't think this miracle business is for somebody else. I know you may have that bullseye on your back, but your God is greater. Your God is more powerful. Your God is awesome. Does anybody believe that today? He is still in the miracle working business. It's who he is, it's what he does. Y'all got a few more verses in you. Can we just read a little bit more? Daniel 6, verse 25. Now we're almost done. Bible's so good. Daniel's life is spared, it's miraculous. Those lions, little kitty cats now, you know, maybe he named them, I don't know. He's got those cats there, he comes out, the enemies die. And now the king gives a new law, a new proclamation. King Darius, chapter six, verse 25. Then King Darius wrote to all the nations and people of every language and all the earth. This is like him posting on all his social media platforms. Here's what he says. May he prosper greatly. I issue a decree that in every part of my kingdom, 
people must fear and reverence the God of Daniel. For he is the living God. Anybody believe that? He is the living God. And he endures forever. I'm like, preach it, King Darius. (laughs) Preach it. He's a living God and he endures forever. His kingdom will not be destroyed. His dominion will never end. He rescues and he saves. You need to know that. He rescues, he saves, he performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has rescued Daniel from the power of the lions. Verse 28, so Daniel prospered during the reign of Darius and the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Every single empire that Daniel served under, every single regime, there was a whole bunch of them as we found out in this series. He had favor and he had influence. And he ended up impacting kings and kingdoms. Think about him, some teenage refugee went through a brainwashing program that we talked about in week one, and yet stood strong for God and he affected multiple kings and kingdoms. And I speak prophetically now over you, Christ's covenant, that as you stay faithful and consistent, you don't wait for all hell to break loose in your life. You're like, I'm going after God every single day. He is the one true God, I'm gonna serve him, I'm gonna live for him, even if culture or world says differently, that when you do that and you do it consistently over time, you will have favor and influence and God will, watch it happen. In due time, God will put you in front of kings and you'll be able to bring influence to kingdoms. You wanna see America change just like I do? Be faithful, be consistent, stand for God. Like the king didn't believe how Daniel believed until the end, but he still respected Daniel. And so you can have the respect of the world and you can influence the world, which is even better if you're faithful, if you're consistent in your walk with Christ. Do you need to be perfect? No, there's only one perfect one and that's Jesus. But as you pursue him and as you run after him and as you do it consistently over time, it will matter and you will influence others. And that's our calling. You were not put on this earth, fourth largest city in America in this time, just to suck air and die and just to have a bigger house or make more money. That ain't your purpose. Your purpose is to influence people for Jesus. You can make billions of dollars and you can have all the success that the world would cheer and celebrate, but that is not your calling. Yeah, it may happen. Some of you are like, yes, please, Lord, I'll take it. But that's not the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is first of all, you, your soul to be saved then that you would take as many people with you up to heaven one day as you point them to Jesus. That's the goal. That's the win. That's your purpose. And that's what God's calling you and myself to. To have influence and favor to affect kings and kingdoms. Would you bow your heads with me? Close your eyes. Jesus, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people. And I pray God, And really we've seen this the last two years and that worldwide pandemic has rocked everything. Not one of us was uh, unaffected by it. We all were affected on some level, some more than others. But God, we realize now from what we've gone through personally and also your word that crisis does reveal character. And so I pray for those going through a crisis right now. I pray God that they would cling to you. But I also pray for those that are not going through crisis right now that they would know 
this isn't heaven, this is Houston. It's great, but it's not heaven. And there's still struggle and there's still pain and there's still things they're gonna have to go through. There's still fire they're, they're called to walk through. And so I pray today, even before the crisis, that they would pursue you, run after you. I pray God for others, that they've been focused on what the enemy has to say and the woe is me, oh, I can't believe I'm going through this or going through this again. I pray they would realize the truth that even what the devil meant for evil to harm them, to take them out, God, you can somehow, it's miraculous, but you can somehow turn it around for good. So I pray, God, that in the waiting, you would give them strength, that you'd encourage them from Daniel's life and also others around them in the rows and the chairs here. I pray, God, that, that you would help them to stand strong for you, to be respectful. We see that all throughout Daniel's life, but also to be strong and bold in their faith. I pray, God, for those that are even more seasoned, that they just be reminded again and again that even if they're towards the end of their earthly life, there is still much that you wanna do in them and through them. I pray, God, that you would raise up men and women in this house that would be faithful, that would have character and integrity, that would keep our word, that would be reliable, that would be consistent, that when things are good, when things are bad, we would be the same person that not just what we project on social media or to friends or to family, but that our behind the scenes life would match it. Because we know that even if others aren't watching, you're always watching. And so we wanna live our lives to the best of our ability, God, pursuing you with your strengths. God, I thank you for what you've done today in this service. And I pray God that you would seal it right now in our hearts, seal it, Lord. Eyes still closed, head still bowed. I pray lastly, God, for anybody underneath the sound of my voice that's far from you. I pray that today would be their day of salvation. It's why this church exists. We wanna reach people that are far from you, God, and build lifelong followers of you, Lord. We wanna be on the journey together as we grow in discipleship to look more and more like you and less and less like us. It's why we exist, heaven full, hell empty. And so I pray, God, for anybody that's far from you, that today they would give their life, today they would surrender their life to you. As we read at the very end of chapter six, you are the God that saves and rescues. And so I pray, God, that we would receive that saving, receive that rescuing. Your eyes are closed. Here's how you do that. Here's how you give your life to Jesus. There's another book in the Bible. It's called Romans. It's actually in the New Testament. And in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, it says this, that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So it's confession and belief. It's not by your works, not by being a good person, not by striving for it. The work has already been done on the cross once and for all. And so you confess and you believe. And this is your moment. This is your decision point in your life. So right now you can just whisper to the Lord and I'll lead you in that prayer, but it's all about your heart. You can whisper this to Jesus in the room or online. Jesus, I confess that you are God. You're not just Daniel's God. You're not just somebody else's God. You are my God. You are the one true God. 
I confess that, Jesus. I speak that out to you. And God, also, I believe. I believe, Jesus, that you died on the cross. And I believe that you rose from the dead. And so I ask you, you have to ask him this. Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of my sin. I ask you to save me. I ask you to rescue me, to heal me, to clean me up from the inside out. I give you my life. I give you my past and all the wounds and all the mistakes and all the things that I feel ashamed of. I give it all to you. God, I give you my present and what's happening, whether things are good or bad right now, I give you my present. And God, I also give you my future. Whatever you have for me, not what I want for me, whatever you have for me, because I know that you know best. Your ways are greater, your thoughts are higher. So I give you my past, I give you my present, and I also give you my future. I give you everything. Lord, thank you for those that are saying that prayer for the first time, or maybe the first time in a long time. This is a fresh commitment. We give you glory and we give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. If you made a decision for Jesus Christ or if your life has been impacted in any way, please send us an email at info at We would love to hear your story. And for those that committed your life to Christ, we want to help you on your new journey by sending our free Start Bible Kit in the mail. If you'd like to partner with us financially, simply click on the Give tab at ChristCove.net. There it will take you to a safe and secure page where you can set up a one-time or recurring gift to help us accomplish our vision, heaven full and hell empty. And as always, you can find out more about Christ Covenant on our website or on Facebook or Instagram at Christ Cove Houston. 